Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. So, you know, I often start this podcast with uh, a joke about our, our dear friend Elliot being wildly unhinged. Um, but, but this week is going to be a little different. I want to spend just a couple minutes in celebration of our dear friend, H. Allen Scott, and a conversation that we had with him recently that blew my mind. <laughs> so Alan, Alan is very excited. He's celebrating his birthday soon, and he is going to Europe with his partner, and they are going to have a great trip to Paris and London, and we are so excited for them. But in a recent hangout uh, between the, uh, the, the three of us, Alan mentioned that sometimes when, <laughs> when he's on long flights, he starts to worry that like the engines of the plane <laughs> will stop working. I don't remember the engines. I don't remember saying the engines. But I do, but I will I will cop up to I do have, especially as I've gotten older and I've flown more, I don't know why, a a fear of flying. It's an anxiety sure. when I fly. It's 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 very common. I used to have a, a terrible anxiety when I fly to the point where I would cry when we landed. Oh, I was so well, relieved. I've never oh, been wow. such a pussy. I've never been such a <laughs> well, pussy so the where best, I cry. The best part yeah. <laughs> is that Alan asked a question to us, something like, he's like, what's like the, you know, because whatever the flight is, you know, and you're going, what, L.A. to London? You're like, what's yeah. the longest flight? Can planes last that long? Yeah. <laughs> I remember thinking, yeah. Alan, well, I don't think they would schedule it no, if they could. that wasn't my question because I've been on flights longer than that. My yeah. question was how, like, what are the, the, what's the percentage of crashes that have happened on long flights like that, basically? And that's what I was looking into that spurred that discussion hmm. was like, what were your findings? how often does that happen? Oh, it's very low. It's very, very low. I mean, the last major one was like, like a long time ago. I don't even know. I was looking it up. It was a long time ago. But I just needed, I needed for my own mental safety, mm-hmm. I needed to know that it is a 
0.1% and it's very rare. And I need to, and guess what? I will look it up again the day before I leave yeah. as well. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll make it feel better, Alan. It's a lot lower than 0.1%. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, if if I'm happy to leave you a voicemail uh, on your phone before your trip, no, don't because it's gonna your far your voice is gonna trigger me because you're you start well, literally you your started voice. you started it off by saying that the engine will fall out of the, the sky right. and that we will plummet to my death. And you know what you could have done? You could have started by saying Happy Birthday. Well, it's not your birthday yet, so I'm not interested True, not. in that. In well, that it line. is. This is a mess. As, this will as, be, his birthday will have come and gone and his triple up yes. comes on by the time this airs. <laughs> Which is, but yeah. that's fine. We are well, excited no, I'll still be there. I'll still be there. Oh, yeah. I'll still be there when, it, when it's up. Yeah, I'll still be there when it's up. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, the, what I did to get over my fear, and I won't get into specifics, Alan, rolls eyes, is that I, started looking, <laughs> yeah, I started looking into the statistics. And I, I also mm. found that if when I was at an airport, if I could get a, a clear sight of the runway and I could mm. watch planes take off and, you know, you can watch, you know, 10 and 30, you know, in 15 minutes, if it's a busy airport, I started to feel less anxious. And so I'm like, well, look, if I if watching 10 of these things take off makes me feel better and then I look up the stats and there's 50,000 commercial flights a day in the United States, you're like and then and then literally a decade, decade plus has passed since a significant aviation commercial aviation disaster. You start to say, I mean, it's just astronomically. It's astronomically impossible. But what if I'm the one? What if I'm the yeah. one? And that's what you tell yourself when the plane is about to take off. You're like, what which if I this had this conversation I had this conversation with a mutual friend of all of ours, Nikki Glazer, once, and she said something to me that I thought was so that has stuck with me, which I think is so important. When I said, "What if I'm the one?" Like, "What if I'm the one that like the exception where it crashes?" Right. And she's like, "You're not special, right? You're <laughs> you, not. You, you always say shit not, like that." <laughs> and 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 I think it's so, and I think it, it, that has stayed with me. So thank you. Nikki Glazer for that. Yeah. No, but I won't open the window. I never open the window. I never, the shade stays down whenever. Oh, I was going to say, up the pl- oh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, yeah. I know what you mean. I don't like looking down as we take off. That makes me uncomfortable. But I like I don't looking, like looking out down like- ever, ever. Yeah. Yeah. Even when I don't ever want to see it. I, yeah, nope. 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 Straight ahead. Whenever I get nervous on flights now, I'm just like, oh, Jesus, take me. Get me, get me out of, <laughs> get me out of this. Um, Alan, yeah, do you want to. No. Oh, go ahead. Yes. Yes, I do. I do want to start it off. I was going to say I had also years ago, I was flying with a candidate for you, like a person I was working for. Oh, sure. And we had to fly. We had to fly the smallest plane from Texas to St. Louis in a rainstorm. And it Oof. was probably the most terrifying experience I've ever had on a plane. That is the only time I've ever cried. On a oh, plane oh so I guess we yeah. have cried before. Yeah. On well, planes. yeah, but see, I cried during a massive thunderstorm <laughs> and turbulence. You cried as you landed. Yeah, because I was <laughs> relieved. Yeah, he was joyful. Little, 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 little did I know I had this podcast in my future. Go ahead, Elliot. I still remember my mom's friend when I was younger was a private pilot and he flew all the time, but he's, I think he said he never had a worse passenger than when he flew Rosie O'Donnell private on a big plane <laughs> through a rain, through like a, a stormy uh, route. And she was like wow. the worst passenger you could ever imagine. <laughs> oh my God. That was me. That was that me. So That's, that is yeah. so funny. So she's been a monster for decades. It sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about this, what we plan to talk about today and mm-hmm. not 
the plane crashing. Um, the Title IX. Well, so conservatives are using the Biden administration's use of Title IX and the inclusive sort of measures that they've taken. So Trump denied um, a lot of measures of Title IX that included non-discrimination for, on sexual orientation or gender identity. And Biden has reinstalled it, which is great. And the administration is using it to make sure, outside of even sports, because Title IX is usually associated with sports, but it also has a lot to do with school and how we how we use certain discriminatory practices and how we avoid discriminatory practices in schools. The Biden administration is using that to provide a safe environment for transgender children or for just, you know, sexual orientation, kids of different sexual orientations. And conservative groups are using this. They call them the libs of TikTok and a bunch of other online sort of groups are using sort of instances of discrimination or things to then show how crazy these things are getting. So one of them is um, there was a school in Texas or is it Texas? No, a school. I forget where in Wisconsin, excuse me, um, where there was a, a suit filed against three students who refused to use the correct pronouns for a non-binary student. And it seems like there was a lot of sort of bullying involved in that situation well the libs of tiktok and other groups went after them and the school got multiple bomb threats and eventually the the yeah i know and eventually the the, all the investigation into it was all dropped and it's just sort of a settled matter and they're using this as sort of like a thing to celebrate and they're doing it in lots of other things and it's it's sort of like using the newness of the language of the trans movement and the and the sort of newness of using and the idea of a spectrum of gender that we are that is fairly new to us and that we're getting used to using the language and conservatives are using that to then stir anger in people of being like, well, this isn't the way it used to be, or, you know, I just say women or whatever it is. And Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, and it's working. And now you have the swimming association that banned recently trans athlete, Leah Thompson, Leah Thomas. Um, so we're seeing the ramifications of a lot of this movement happening in sports right now. Mm. It really, I mean, it's just, we were talking about this before too, but the idea that, getting used to the new terminology is I think worthwhile and understanding that we are getting used to it. And, you know, still people, everybody deserves to be treated fairly. I mean, I think that goes without saying and deserves to be respected. Um, But it's just such a predictable bummer that um, conservatives are latching onto the first, the most vulnerable, like uh, 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 the the most vulnerable, um, characteristic in uh young people i mean in kids like that that's the part of it that is just so creepy to me that they just continue to focus on kids and and their like sexuality and their gender and it's just so gross yeah it's it's, there's also like this like there's almost like differing different realities in the world right now but and i once again as always blame social media but i uh I was reading my hometown news recently, MLive.com, and they were saying that you know someone seemingly in the state house, I didn't I didn't recognize the name. Some some local Michigan politician was introduced a bill to ban drag in school, and the headline yeah. also included the fact that even though that that like, that had doesn't exist, there's no examples of people doing drag in school. <laughs> yeah. So it's like yeah. so you're you're looking to ban uh, uh, drag well, shows that occur and they don't occur. Yeah, right. making a problem. Like, yeah. a problem, right? It's 
It's like what Marjorie Taylor Greene is doing yeah. with she she tweeted about <laughs> introducing a bill that would ban drag queens from coming near children, oh, which, so- I, which is obviously a response to Drag Queen Story Hour, yeah. the things that the Proud Boys have been doing recently to disrupt Pro- Drag Queen Story Hour. And the it's not a coincidence. It really is not a coincidence that all of this sort of hate. I mean, it's been it's been happening for years, but. The recent hate, the upswing of bills like what you're seeing in Michigan or what Marjorie Taylor Greene is doing happened right after Uvalde. It that all of the whole Uvalde you know, abortion bust, being overturned and, by the court. Yeah. Wait, well, really? I think no, no. Uvalde, the school shooting. No, and, but why, why is there? Yeah. Why not? A, why is it not? A because it's a, because it's an easy distraction to not mm-hmm. have a conversation about guns. Mm-hmm. And it's an easy distraction to say children are in danger from these homosexuals, these queer people, these drag queens, all of the things, so that we don't have a larger conversation about guns or mm-hmm. the things that we should be having a conversation that they're afraid to even have a conversation about. Yeah, I- so they target queer people and <clears throat> queer things to then say your children are in danger. And that's exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. And it feels like that's always the go-to, right? It's the children, save the children, save the children. It's like, even like going so far right as to like the QAnon weirdos who believe that, who are sort of, they, they think Trump is this sort of um, ac- her- action hero who's out to like rid the world of pedophile rings or something or child trafficking. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know why these people are so obsessed with kids in a way that feels just bizarre to me. But of course it does make it so much easier for them to, point to having the most it's not to me it's the most like americana reagan-esque um uh, uh argument or cross to bear is protecting children it just feels like one wide swath of a of a reason to to find supporters and that's that's what marjorie taylor green is doing. although i do love that lauren bobert or whatever her name is was like yeah no, less drag something like forget about drag take your kids to church <laughs> Somebody. Or <laughs> or keep them away from your husband, right, who right, apparently yeah. allegedly is showing himself yes. to children. Somebody just right. just tweeted, yeah, that that tweet just back to her. Your husband, uh, your husband showed his penis to children in a, in a bowling alley. In like, a bowling alley, <laughs> just yeah. So, just a bl- just like factual, not not a, there was no emotion, and it. it was just and like, her restaurant. Her uh, restaurant gave people diarrhea. That's, uh, that's right. Restaurant. That's a little different than her husband exposing himself, <laughs> but yeah, I, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's attacking our 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 gut systems as well right. i mean it's a it's a, we're all in danger <laughs> that's right even even elliot would get diarrhea if he ate at lauren Bobert's <laughs> restaurant not even joking so we are joined today by a very rare repeat guest of the podcast yeah. one of oh. our favorite comedians and storytellers and also author of the new book baked john flynn hey john Hello, john Hello. Hey, hey, boys. So happy <laughs> me. So I'm only sort Welcome of back. like a half repeat because when I was on before, I was with uh, the co-host of my podcast. So. That's right. That's right. Yeah, but I mean, so you're like in a, one you're and a half. You're in a club of, who else was it? It's Colton Haynes, Danny Pellegrino. I think that's it. We, oh, had, wow. we, had Barack, we had Barack Obama on twice. Yes, Barack. You're right. Um, <laughs> he came on twice and we had Diane Keaton on one that's and a half right. times as well. So, <laughs> right. so hopefully Walsh someone will Danny Pellegrino. Yeah. That's right, Danny Pellegrino. Um, so, John, obviously, you are a, a storied storyteller. <laughs> it's uh, pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> you have won five moth story slams yes. and one grand slam. Oh, 
you're reading my bio. Thank you. I did. I, I read. I read your bio and everything. <laughs> but before we get into your book, and that's obviously where we'll spend uh, the uh-huh. brunt of our time. Uh, what's it like? What, like, are you a fan of the moth? Do you love it? Uh, sure. I mean, like most things, you sort of love it, and sometimes you could really right. roll your eyes at it. <laughs> really yeah. kind of hate it. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there are there are tropes that are real eye rolly, but, you know, yeah. but overall, I think I like story. I think like the moth is just sort of one kind of storytelling. And I get that it's like the 800 pound gorilla of storytelling. But mm-hmm. I think like if I really want to like, I don't know, like go see it like an interesting storytelling show, I might not go to the moth. But what's great about the moth is that it's literally an open mic. So like, yeah, you, don't, you like yeah. you can be surprised. People can come from out of nowhere. My favorite. Unfortunately, 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 that is true. Yeah, that is, that is my favorite. <laughs> That's, true. That is my both experience. a good thing and a bad thing. Yes. <laughs> my favorite. You guys, all, you guys must have all tried the moth. I've done the moth before. You? Yeah, I have. Okay. Um, it, it's I. the thing that I always describe the moth as is like every single story has a moment like this. And then I realized. Yep. <laughs> and it's just and it's just this like it's a very somber and the, or and then yeah. I recognize it has a winning it. any winning moth story has a gasp and awe yeah and like a laugh. Uh, yeah. no it, every every moth story ends like this, just like you said, Alan. And then I looked out the window and it was snowing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I do remember <laughs> someone getting angry with me at the moth for, for alluding that my dad was dead when he's not. But I made a joke. Like, I mean, like, oh, literally, yeah. Like, I literally made the a back joke. Police. It's weird. I made a joke being like, the last time I saw my father was when we went to go see Titanic. And then I like let it be quiet there to like sort of make sure. people think that he was dead. And then I was like, oh, no, he's not dead. He's just an asshole. We don't talk anymore. I just right, cut right. off all communication with him. And people oh, yeah. were angry at that. I was very strange. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. There's a lot of pretentious people at the bottom. Yeah. Oh, just the worst. <laughs> but anyway, so anyway. let's let's John, let's get to your book. I am here. I am. I'm on page what? Uh, 623 of your new book. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Baked, but you have the sex. abridged version. I do. I have, I have the. Uh, Cliff's Notes, uh, Sex, Drugs, and Alternative <laughs> Comedy. Uh, so tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about the book. So, yeah, it's a, it's a and memoir. Why, and and tell people why it's called Baked. Oh, well, uh, oh, yeah, uh, I'd love to. So uh, I made my living uh, in between like 2005 to 2009 selling pot cookies. Yeah, mm. uh, I imagine you, some of you might have tried them back in the day. Yeah. I don't, yeah. know, I don't yeah. know for They're sure. They're pretty I don't famous. want to out you. Uh, so yeah, so it's the stories of how I got into that business and the, the crazy adventures and stuff and experiences in New York doing it, right? New I mean, York that's, that's the thing. Yeah, I this is like it. before it was at all legal anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, uh, but it, yeah, it was great. I I I I was gonna. Well, it's just it's such an incredibly fast moving movement, even faster than gay <laughs> rights. I think. Like, that's I mean, true. It, it's it's crazy to think back on when I left New York in 2012. I don't think it was legal there, and now it's no. legal in like 20 different states. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's it's really, but it's, it's just not shocking. It's not legal in New York, though. It's legal to carry it? a certain. No, it's legal to carry a certain amount. I think, and then the criminalization of but it. But I think. Oh. I mean, it might be legal for medicinal some- things too, right? I'm not, I know, I know friends of mine are saying that like, oh, dispensaries are starting to open up. Yeah. Oh, that's great then. So then it has to be legal. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it's legal. And Elliot, so, you're, you're, otherwise it's just drug dealers with a storefront. I well, guess. Elliot still calls it the ganja. He calls it the ganja. Look, he's a little bit behind. Just the wacky weed. Uh-huh. The wacky weed. So how much did you sell your cookies for and who did you sell to? Oh, yeah, I first started they? out, they were $5 each. Oh, that's um, low. And uh, I, 
It was very low. And also I would say to people, they're really strong. So don't have more than half a cookie your first time. Oh, wow. Because uh, you could, it was, it was a lot. Um, And so notoriously uh, strong. (laughs) They were notoriously strong. Well, I I can't wait for uh, Elliot to share some of his stories. Uh, (laughs) Same here. Yeah, but they were pretty strong. I, you know, it started at the UCB. I started doing it because I was, uh, I co-written this uh, parody of the movie Showgirls with Jackie Clark. And we needed money (laughs) to take the show to the San Francisco Sketch Festival. And so I first did it just one night sort of like as a lark at a holiday party at the UCB theater but we made enough money to all fly out there yeah and so then after that a couple of days later people were like oh do you have any more or like I told her I mentioned them to a friend of mine and they wanted to try some and yeah. so I was like oh let me just try this again so I did it again I had like a day my first day of deliveries I was like this is awesome it is a job that I loved I have to say yeah I did was, think it's like you just like, like one of the things that like in reading some of your book that that made me sort of nostalgic. I used to smoke cigarettes. I loved it. Still the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. And I agree. I've always thought that like when you smoke, like when you go outside to smoke a cigarette, you meet the most interesting, coolest people because people who do drugs, frankly, are more interesting than people who don't. (laughs) And in your book, you talk about like the the characters you come across in selling these cookies to. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. It was great. It was such a fun way to just travel around the city, like discover so much. Like New York, of course, is like an endlessly fascinating city. But like, I felt like, oh, because of this, I was going to all these different places and all these different like people's apartments. Mm-hmm. I had people like at, at museums and like big like it, like office businesses that I would just they would just like bring me into like the back room and like, oh, here's, yeah. you know, and so it was just so exciting and fun to just see and just go to different neighborhoods constantly. Yeah, you know what I mean, it was just such thing. a fun thing. What's the weirdest? Did you get kind of wait, 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 did you get kind of turned on? Because I feel like that's like <laughs> kind of exciting and sexy, right? That you're like being snuck into like uh, oh, offices of like <laughs> banks. Oh, yeah, it was shit. totally fun to just feel like me i'm this person who's like you know like going backstage at this concert to now uh to this tour to this broadway show to this yeah. you know like you ever sell the whoopee office not, not to whoopee no the famous people generally uh have other people buy their drugs mm. oh, right. wait so what's the weirdest like in, i mean you write a lot about it on the book but if you could tell us like what's one of the weirder <laughs> encounters you had one of the weirder ones there was this weird couple that was in the upper west side that i thought was so bizarre where it was a it was a husband and wife and every, I assume they were married. I have no idea. Every time I went to their How house, dare you <laughs> assume? <laughs> every time I went to their apartment, he was always like laid out on the sofa, like like just like exhausted because he had eaten too much. He's always just oh. like, oh, I ate too <laughs> no. much. And she was like, and I went to their place like. like I, almost a dozen times. It's like I you would think you'd figure out how much you could right, eat. Right, right. At that age. But yeah. Then, <laughs> but then like his wife was like this very hyper woman who like for a while I could tell was like flirting with me and trying to like make her <laughs> husband or boyfriend jealous. Wow. Um no, wow. So at one point I sort of let out, you know, sort of let out that I were gay that I was gay. And she just went like, wait, what? You're gay? <laughs> and from the other room where her husband was, I just heard a ha! Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Then oh, what she wow. started to do is be like, I'm designing these purses. Tell me what you think. And so I'd have to give her like oh, opinions oh, on her purses. No. Oh, oh, yeah. No. <laughs> wow. So how, how, big was your, how big was your roster? Uh, like, did you have hundreds of people? Thousands at one point? Even? Uh, I, would I mean, you made You said you made I mean, you made a living. Yeah, I made a living. I would say I wouldn't say I would say maybe a thousand. Oh, wow. Not thousand, not plural, wow. but probably just still in the hundreds. How do you keep them straight? Like, how do you like how, what kind uh, of I, I mean, like, here's the thing. I was so bad at it. they were all just on my phone 
And so oh. on like the notes app, I would just be like the last thing we talked about. So oh. then the next time we'd be like, oh, how was your trip to this place? Almost yeah. like, like, <laughs> or I would also do like how, like who recommended them? So I'd be like, oh, yeah, you also know this person. That's yeah. very much like I think a lot of I mean, at least for me with stand up, like I would always make notes about sort of like how yeah. a joke worked in my notes app or like something to try next time. That's very that's very performative <laughs> yeah. what you were doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So like and I, I guess as someone. All right. So back in the day when I lived in New York, my roommate was a huge stoner and he would buy weed. Um, generally like every seven to 10 days. Sure. And when, and you know, standard Brooklyn, you know, hippie would come over with a backpack, not particularly kind or friendly, but like, you know, he would come in. So weird. Noah would buy, uh, the weed and he would go. But I mean, literally, I think I was there once in all of the years we lived together while the weed guy actually showed up because I was just convinced he was going to murder us, that he was just (laughs) going to walk in with a gun, uh, with a silencer, murder us and and like take off. I think there's like this absurd stereotype that, you know, any drug transaction can go like that. Did you ever find, did you ever find yourself in positions where you were like, Oh, this is very sketchy and I'm uncomfortable. I think what I more found was that I would be meeting people and they would be uncomfortable and then mm-hmm. after meeting me, they would be like, oh, oh, yeah, you can just come up to my office. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, not, you know, you know, like I'm a very unassuming, like, I'm, you know, it's like a 30 year old white guy would, yeah. you know, wore like khakis or jeans and like a hoodie. Yeah. But like, yeah. look like, looks like howdy doody. You know what I mean? So like, there was nothing about me that was like scary or terrifying. So I'd, I'd, I would say like most of the first time I would like meet with someone, it would always be like a Starbucks or somewhere, you know, sort of public, you know, yeah. I, I got to see a lot of statues around the city. Like, you know, like, I'll meet you by the statue and, you know, you yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of statues I would meet people at. And then a lot of times after the first time, they'd be like, oh, did you want to just come up to our offices? Um, And then I would just do that. There was never any situation where I really felt like, oh, I'm unsafe right now. Yeah. Um, Wow. We had a, uh, that's very lucky. <laughs> right. I'm also like six, two. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> we had uh, our, my old roommate and I, I would, I would buy weed from him sometimes, but like that was it. But my old other roommate would, he would buy like hardcore drugs from our dealer and oh, yeah. he hooked up with our dealer. I never was privy to the hooking up, although I did see it before. <laughs> And I only did was, that once. Yeah. What was like, I wanted to ask, like, I mean, what was, <laughs> how did that? I mean, happen? you definitely got it. You definitely get a vibe. Cause there's something about being a drug dealer. It's sort of like being a bartender or like yeah. you, you have this sort of weird status or something sort of sexy about it to a lot of people. It's dangerous. And so, yeah. A little dangerous, a little like you, you seem cool. Cause you like bring the drug, you know what I mean? Uh, like yeah. that's, uh, that's another thing that I loved about the job is every time you showed up somewhere, people are like, yay, it's you. Right. Um, right so like, right. it's a great way to spend your day. Just like going, yeah. like, it's like constantly walking into surprise parties. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> what was I talking about? Um, your hookup. Oh, so, up with but a- there was, there was this one guy who, this one guy was actually thinking of dating, but he was uh, like, just had a bad breakup with someone. And I was like, I sort of realized like, oh, if I'm dating someone and either the, it goes south or like someone around them wants to fuck with them like it'd be yeah. very easy to like so i was just sort of just uh, at the t- it was the golden age of uh, craigslist at the time but the one time i hooked up with a, a customer a client was uh i was just at his place and i was just talking with him and he was uh, as we were just sort of like chit-chatting he mentioned that he was a psychic oh. that was like one of his you know like one of his jobs and i was like oh wow cool and so we talked about that and i was like how does that work for you and he's like you know, he says he just like, you know, like sits with the person and like, get you know, and, you know, does whatever. And after a while, gets some vibes. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Whatever. <laughs> right. And he just so casually mentioned that, like, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I've never had that. That would be fun. 
And he also mentioned that the vibes that he got were much stronger after if he had sex with the person. Oh. And his bed was right there. I mean, it was a New York City apartment. You know and that's so, a lie. He was sex. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had an hour before my next meeting. Yeah, you know, so. you're free. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, we had sex what and then the- he gave me a second greeting. Wow. Was it good? What was, was that? The, what it was, was fine. It was, it was very general. Was of like, you know, like, <laughs> very general. <laughs> like, There's a man uh, who's uh, older and pointing to a car. Is that yeah. your dad? Yes. Oh, my God. We did drive a car. You're going to be yeah. very sore tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Uh, you <laughs> get a discount on the, on the cookies after My that? lower back does have that weird tweet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did he expect like a discount on stuff after that? We had our that transaction had already finished. I don't remember. I think I only met him one other time after that. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah. So because Did you ever you were... sell a. <laughs> Go ahead, Elliot. Sorry, I was wondering if you ever if you ever sold in L.A. I don't know if you needed to at, at any point, but when you made the move, if you ever indulged in the West no. Coast version. No, because uh, the only time I was out here was already legal. And so then it just. It, yeah, I. I was like, well, then I'd have to, the thing that I would always joke is that would really close me down would be like a health code inspection. Cause I was just, yeah. cause I made the <laughs> yeah. cookies and I was making them out At of home. my kitchen and it was like clean and yeah. fine, but you know, like no one ever got sick as far as I know. But like, if someone came in and was like, oh no, this is, yeah, <laughs> there's uh, schmutz all over this. this yeah, is, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. You can't have flies in here. Right. right yeah. 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 You can't so, also but, but in LA, it just always felt like, well, there's, there's already this whole industry happening. So it, it, would make no sense. Yeah, can yeah. the legalization yeah. put small business owners out of business like you? I know, right? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's actually well, l- let me ask this this question as well. Hold on, let me make a note real quick. Cuz everything I think of is is invaluable. Um uh <laughs> you because you were you sell- ask it? I, yes, I do. Uh <laughs> okay. because uh you were selling cookies um yeah. Did you consequently, did you never have any close calls with the police? Because I think so. That was sort of that was my thinking early on. Like when I first was like, oh, I want to do this. I was sort of like, if I sell weed, then that might really encroach on someone's territory. So I sort of decided I'm just going to keep it at cookies. Because yeah. like at the time, I mean, which it sounds insane, but I didn't know of anyone else in Manhattan or New York City that was selling edibles regularly. Mm. I'm sure it existed. But were but there like, was there a cookie police? That's that's what's right. important. If there's a cookie so, police, I don't know. <laughs> so I figured I'll just keep it to cookies. And also, like, I do remember one time just being on the subway and like not realizing it, but like no, like like realizing like, oh, I'm standing next to some cops with some with some dogs. And oh, I have Jesus. like a bag full of pot cookies. And I was like, I guess either either the in making them cookies, it means it doesn't smell. Yeah. Or what is probably more likely is that if the dogs really responded to smelling weed in New York City, they would be constantly barking. And yeah, yeah that's a that's a very, <laughs> that's a very good point. <laughs> but yeah, Elliot, no, it was a very conscious choice to keep it at cookies. And because I, I figured like, just do this one thing. Yeah. I had well, a few different it. flavors of cookies. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Elliot, do you have any John Flynn cookie stories that yes, you want to share? Did you ever have any? Did you ever, did you ever get too no, high I don't, UCB? No, I never. I don't think I had. Um, I had Joe Mandy. No, I had. Yeah, I had Joe Mandy's pot cookies, and I literally was like, "This cookie is delicious." I didn't know there was weed in it until afterwards, <laughs> and oh, right. I didn't experience anything from it. But I did. But I didn't have any of your cookies ever, so I don't oh, have. Oh, I didn't know Joe stories, also made pot cookies. Was that something that he did? He did. For, he did. We went to go see. Um, he did. We went to go see. Yeah. Glenn Beck's like Glenn Beck was doing some sort of like sure. live nutcracker or something yeah. in movie theaters. And oh <laughs> I don't know. Okay. That is, that is a like, very Joe Mandy activity. What's the process of actually making the cookies? Cause I know how to make regular yeah, cookies, but like, how do you like, 
mix in the stuff, you know? Yeah. And is it a drop? Yeah, it's dry. It's about making the butter or the oil if you want. But for me, it was butter. And so once you do that, you just make whatever you want. Like I could have made brownies. I could have made, like you could make cake or you could make whatever. You could just spread it on. Oh, so it's a butter. It's like a butter that you you put the wheat Mm -hmm. in. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So you, uh, yeah, infuse the two of those. There's a recipe of how to do it. Basically. In the book, there's a recipe. Yeah, there's a recipe that tells you how to do it. Oh. Yeah, I was wondering if you were leaving, leading with with uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, flour. If there was flour in it, like flat. Like oh yeah, it was regular weed. I would just like THC. No, no, no. I mean, this was all very like I've, I had a dealer in Astoria, and it was just, they showed, they sold me weed and sandwich baggies, oh, and wow. I just and you just put them in the cookies, put them and made put them in the cookies. There was no like sign. There was mm. this was not Breaking Bad. I was, I'm no chemistry teacher. <laughs> yeah. Whatsoever. It was more like Mary Louise Parker. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, like exactly. Yeah. I'm assuming cookie dealer out there roaming the streets of yeah. New York city. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just stumbling their way through Broadway. Yeah. Wow. So John, I, I know your book is full of some of the most amazing mind blowing stories from your experiences Thank selling you. weed cookies, but is there one that you would really like to share with the, with the audience? Perhaps I, I saw a reference to Oksana Bayul. Oh, yeah. oh sure. This is this is a random story, but during the time I was doing this, I was selling pot cookies. I got hired to do an original musical uh, about figure skating uh, called Cold as Ice that starred Oksana Bayul. And, <laughs> oh my um, god! And the whole it was on this theater on Long Island. Uh, shout out to the Ooh. Gateway Playhouse. Yeah. And uh, what it was is that the person who wrote the the, the entire stage was turned into an ice rink. And mm. so all of the scenes took place on the ice in addition. So it, what it was is it was um, it was a story of three men and three women competing in the winter games. Mm. Uh, you can't use the word Olympics because the Olympics is very litigious. So they don't let you <laughs> oh, use it. Right, so, yeah. right. Of course. Those so three men and three women competing in the winter games for, of course, the gold, uh, silver and bronze. Mm. Uh, there were only gold three people award. competing in each. So it wasn't even like, I wonder if they're going to win. Right. Um, and so like for <laughs> for the women, there was like um, the girl who like, was poor, but like really loved skating. And she wasn't sure if she could afford lessons, even mm-hmm. though she was already at the winter games. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was the other girl who was like, didn't want to do it, but her rich mother was pushing her into it. Then there was like Sana Bayul. Mm-hmm. Wow. For the men, there was two guys. Playing herself. <laughs> yeah, yes, playing a, a version of herself. Well, initially, apparently, uh, the fir- in the early draft of the script, she won the bronze medal. And she said she didn't think anyone <laughs> would believe that. So they bought up. Character up it's actually honestly it's a fair note like she like right she wasn't telling me the girl that didn't know she wanted to be a figure skater wins gold (laughs) fuck off yeah all right go ahead absolutely no 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 so for the men there's two of them two guys uh meet and realize they're gay and fall in love Mm. and then to make up for that the the canadian other male figure skater is like super hetero and is like always flirting with women and hitting on women where he has a scene with a coach where the coach is like you gotta stop chasing skirts and focus on the game and he's like lay off me man I'm Canadian. I can handle the cold. I can handle the beer. I can handle the pressure uh-huh. and I can handle the women. And then oh, he starts wow. singing his song, oh my God. which was called, Oh, we get lots of snow in Canada. The lyrics of which were, Oh, we get lots of snow in Canada. We're tough guys, you know, in Canada where it's cold. There is ice. We don't swim. That's not nice. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> Canadians think swimming is rude. Yeah. Sounds, not the worst wow. lyrics in the show. Yeah, worst song in right. the show was the song. It was the act two inspirational ballad. It was called Dreams Are What You Wish For. Yeah. So if you didn't know what a dream was, it yeah. caught you up. Yeah. Um, so, 
One character said, uh, I want to soar like a wolf. You will soar? Apparently. Oksana, but you will write this? She, yeah. just, she did not. Uh, someone else sang, when you leap from the mountain, a bridge will appear. Uh, but That's the awesome. best lyric okay. was, yeah. when one door closes, a window will ajar. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, like, it's like it was written by like a, a Russian robot. Yes, uh, it was written by AI. <laughs> or this is making me want to watch Disney's Ice Princess. Wait, so is, is, there a, is there a connection? Oh, so I was I was like a sportscaster in that musical, but yeah. uh, while doing it, I was selling cookies to people. So it's a story I like that. that that was happening while while I was uh, a drug dealer. So that's that's how that, oh, that got ties. It, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. I could talk about that show for hours. Did you ever right. give a, a, a cookie to Oksana Bayul? You should. Yeah, I mean, no, she, no, no, not at all. Never. No, she never did just slipped it in her nope. bag. Yeah. No. A carb? She would not. She would never. Because right. Literally, I would open my bag. If, so, if I opened my bag and there was a random cookie in there, I would probably be like, this could be dangerous, but maybe I just forgot I put it in there and then I would eat it. Yeah. yeah. And you'd pound it's, it. You course. know what? You'd be surprised how many people make that choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <you got laughs> many stories of people being like, I brought cookies home. Uh, for Thanksgiving, my mom saw cookies in my bag and just ate one, not realizing oh, there were drugs wow. in them. And then, like, their mom was like, I, I, did, that, I did that during, during chemo. <laughs> I had, I had, I wasn't really doing edibles during chemo, but I, I did do like cannabis to fall asleep at night. But I ate because I love, I sure. love a gummy bear moment. And someone offered me gummy bears. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think that they were like <laughs> edibles. <laughs> I didn't even think at chemo, why would there have, why would there be edibles in California at chemo? I ate them and yeah, I was, right. I could not, literally, Ooh. I could not drive home that night. I had to have oh, no. someone come pick me up. My car stayed oh my at the God. hospital overnight because I could not physically drive. Well, that's, but that's insane. Like gummy bears, you could pound 20 gummy yeah, bears. Could, and if yeah. someone, if some, and like, that would be enough to put you in the hospital. Yeah. Like yeah. that's insane. Oof. Like they yeah. have to tell you when the gummy bears. Well, it was, have it was like another patient. It. So there's no like protocol. It was, <laughs> yeah. You know what it I mean? Official. It was just between us gals or right. something. A Penny Marshall, um, God rest her soul. She was in the other room. Me. So I think I, I, I like to think that maybe Penny Marshall was the one who delivered the gummy bears. I don't know. Alan is always hanging out with celebrities and presidents, even, even during chemo. Uh, John, <laughs> especially during chemo, yeah, it was especially Beverly during Hills. What can you say? There's lots of famous people who get chemo in Beverly Hills. So true. John Flynn, we love you. Thank oh, you for joining thank you. us. I love you boys. Where can people buy your book and where can people find you online? You can buy my book on either Amazon or on my website, johnflynncomedian.com. If you get it through my website, it's a little bit more, but the extra money all goes to the Last Prisoner Project, which is a nonprofit oh. that is dedicated to overturning wrongful drug convictions. Nice. So, um, so, so if you if you order through my website, I'll send you an autographed version and anything that you pay over the 20 bucks goes to them. That's um, or you get it through Amazon. Awesome. You can follow me on Twitter at jfly99 or I'm on Instagram at john underscore Flynn 99. Or I also, I have a podcast just to quickly plug that. Uh, it's called Two Queens. You guys have all been guests on it. We would love to have you all back on again. Yes, I was so surprised and happy that Terms of Endearment rated so high. <laughs> It's doing well, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah we, it's uh, my co-host Mark Rennie and I, we're on the search for the gayest movie ever made ever. So uh, right, it's a lot of right. fun. Wait, quick quick question. So when someone yeah. buys the book Baked on Amazon, how much money does Jeff Bezos give to charity for that? <laughs> do we know? Do we know yet? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. It takes not like, as up to much. 19 right, months so before they pay it. you what they're supposed to do. <laughs> okay. so, so things change. That sounds fun. Sounds, yeah. sounds very fun. John Flynn, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you guys so um. much. And another thing. So, 
It is, we are in the dog days of summer, although it's not August yet. I guess August are the dog days oh, of summer, but it's been July for like six hours. <laughs> that's right. Well, again, <laughs> as of this recording, yeah, as, as, of this, this recording. as of this recording. Yes, yes. Yeah. Right. yeah. But we are in the dog days. Of, we're, we're in summer. And of course, summertime brings delicious treats. Uh, <laughs> I sound like I'm on the view. Um, so I wanted to know what, obviously everyone goes to um, ice cream as their favorite summer treat. For me, it's not no. so simple, but I'd love to know what you guys go, what your favorite summer treat is. All right. Uh, well, I mean, I, 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 unlike Elliot, I, I'd like most desserts. Elliot loves desserts, but very, very, very particular ones. Um, I would say in the summer, though, I love a sorbet. I've really become obsessed with lemon sorbet. And mm, Alan, I'm, I'm going to bring you in. On, I'm, I'm going to bring you in on the fold here. I told Ellie this earlier in the week. I made my own lime sorbet recently over oh, the weekend. Oh wow! I made my own, I made my own. You miss Martha Stewart, and it actually was pretty. It was actually pretty good. So, but sorbet is like way lower in calories than ice cream, and it's so refreshing and delightful. So I'm going to say sorbet, and then I'll also couple that with like a root beer float is like the perfect summer dessert. Mm, yeah, Elliot, Elliot that's true. Alan, <clears throat> or whomever. oh, I mean, my my, I I I don't really ever care about ice cream. I mean, sometimes it's fun to like get a McDonald's cone or something. Like, sure. like ice cream is never ice cream. And we were talking before the podcast. Milkshakes don't do it for me. Like those kind of summery treats have never really been a thing for me. I what I do love here in Los Angeles uh, on the street corners, we have all of these sort of like fruit vendors um, where they do cut up fruit. You know, oh, those are good. Um, really. And and it's like, have you not seen them? Oh yeah, I've seen them. I just I never just get them. Disappointed in the answer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Wow. That ain't fruit. Um, ain't dessert. <clears throat> no, but I, well, but it's such a great summer thing because it's like you know it's fresh watermelon and cantaloupe yeah, and honeydew and it's California great, yeah. and like so much of the fruit is really fresh and, they and delicious. Put tahini and on it, cold. right? Tahini, well, you can you, you can do that. I I never do that. I like oh, okay. it fully just straight fruit. But mm. Michael loves the tahini. Me too. With and cucumber, lo- fresh cucumber to balance it out. Mm. I don't know if he gets cucumber on it, but he gets tahini and all of it. And and it's it's. It's something that we love getting. We haven't gotten it in a while, but like we used to live by one in our at our old apartment. There's one over here by our new apartment too. Um, but we got it's such a great summery thing just to get the yeah. fruit. And I never want to eat hot foods during the summer, so it's like. No. And Michael literally right now is handing me his pineapple and tahini. Oh wow! I mean, Look at that. What a, it's what mango. a healthy, it's mango. It's what a mango. healthy lunch. Hey, I just Googled it. It looks like there's a fruit stand in Bakersfield, California. So I actually might make the drive. I might rent a car and make oh the drive out there. And, and visit. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> what about you, Elliot? I do, I do love those. Uh, uh, but I, I agree. Fruit is not dessert um, to me. <laughs> fruit is good, but it's not dessert to me. I said I, with I contempt. Have, I have grown a fondness for soft serve. I'm also not an ice cream person. I mean, growing up on the yeah. East Coast, everyone's like pretty nuts for ice cream, especially in like New England, which is mm-hmm. where there is really good ice cream. But hard ice cream is not my thing. I do like soft yeah. serve. I've, I've grown a real love for that. But at the end of the day, my favorite summer dessert is Italian ices. And there are, well, no, hold on. There are, (laughs) there are the Italian ices that come in the little, like little cups, Marinos, I think they're called. Like snow cones. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. That I grew up with. And those were like, you have like little wooden spoon and you scrape away at them and they're like, they satiate to a degree. (laughs) They're, they're fine. They're a little like watery or whatever, but 
That all being said, Long Island in particular has this incredible franchise called Ralph's Ices. Okay. So much better than any Italian ices you'll find anywhere else in the tri-state area <laughs> because they combine the Italian ices with cream. So it's not as heavy as ice Oh, cream, interesting. But it's like, not it's as It's probably watery. sweetened condensed milk, right? Isn't something, that what they something use? Like yeah, that. Something I, like I, that. Yeah, right, something right. like that. Sure. But it's also so... In so Long Island in that it's so ostentatious. They have like rainbow cookie, you know, rainbow cookie, uh, um, cannoli, Italian ices. And it's, yeah. you know, it's almost disgusting, but it's so good. And I just, uh-huh. it is what I miss so much when I'm in, when I'm anywhere else, but, yeah. um, you know, New York for, for, for the summer. Yeah. But so, I do love Mr. Softy. Did, did, did Softie. you guys grow up going to Dairy Queen? Yeah. Oh yeah, Dairy no. Queen was. They had the the hard shell. I mean, in Missouri, in St. Louis, there is a big problem with Dairy Queen um, Blizzard because we feel that it hit, that they oh, stole it yeah, from a. Told me that. We've talked about this from a local um, a local ice cream place in St. Louis called Ted Drew's, where it's like a really thick served spun yeah, ice cream. Yeah. I don't know yeah. the terminology, and they 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 serve it to you upside down right. to show you how thick it is. Right. Like they just hand it to you upside down, which is really cute. Yeah. Very uh, cute. And we. But yeah, I definitely had a Dairy Queen. I did not grow grow up with Dairy Queen. Oh, that's because there because my one of my biggest complaints about living in New York and now LA is that there's no readily accessible Dairy Queens. LA has a couple Dairy Queens, but they're out in the suburbs and they're they're mall Dairy Queens, so they're not full service. Mm. And oh, I go back to yeah. Michigan. There's like two in Ann Arbor, and I, I swear to you, I went last summer. I got dessert from there and it was the best dessert i've had in my life it was well, just so special about it it's just i mean the, the soft serve is excellent they they do that hard they do that hard shell that hard shell is great sometimes they put brownies in their stuff and their brownies are like they're almost like pudding they're so soft and delicious mm. i mean it really <laughs> am i getting you elliot are you are no, you I don't, oh okay <laughs> no i don't care about brownies that much <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Brownies, brownies and ice cream, I think, is bullshit because they harden up and it's not it's not like good. Well, you know that, what I mean? Like it's not enjoyable are really hyper processed. So they don't harden up. They're as soft as pudding. Basically, that's <laughs> that's the delight. Uh, yeah. It just it just comes together really well. Elliot, I can tell you're not sold. You also don't like root beer floats, which I think Ugh. of as like universally beloved. Yeah, yeah that is surprising. Beer, yeah. nah, oh, root beer is so it's good. Not bad. It's just like, meh, you know. Literally yeah, every know. time every, every time I go to the movie theater, I get myself a hot dog and I get myself a root beer and it's a dream. It is a dream. <laughs> I mean, root beer I, I bet soda feels like, I don't know. Young, like, I don't know. I I'm, I'm over it. Sure. <laughs> you're you're too you're too old and sophisticated for root beer. Right, beer. right. Um, I, I actually, I drank a lot of cream soda when I was a kid and it actually is yeah, same. now. It's too sweet for me now. I, I, I can't yeah. I don't drink cream have soda. An, you ever have an egg cream? Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. With Anthony Weiner's father. That was the first time I ever had an oh egg God. cream. I was, I was living in, oh, I was working on the campaign and his father made me an egg cream. I had no idea. Literally. I had no idea what it was, it but I thought disgusting. I was getting. Yeah, I thought I was getting some disgusting egg thing, but I was like, "I'll be nice. I'll just slurp it down, whatever." And then he gives it to me, and it's delicious. Delicious. It's like absolutely it's like delicious. Se- it's, isn't it just like seltzer and chocolate or something? It's basically like a chocolate milk with seltzer, which also just sounds gross, but man, it is so good. really good. Oh, it yeah, has milk really in good. it. I thought it was like oh yeah, yeah, butter and chocolate. No, it's no. somewhere between a, It's somewhere between an ice cream soda. 
and a milkshake yeah. with, yeah. with seltzer. It's fizzy. It's great. Mm. It's very New York. It's very well, New York. Maybe, maybe for both of your birthdays next year, my gift to you will be that I will get myself an egg cream and I'll try it. <laughs> that sounds really great. That sounds really good. What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? It doesn't surprise me that Alan likes fruit because he is one. Oh, Ramona, <laughs> how dare you, you bitch. You bitch. <laughs> My aunt Joanne would say, it sounds pretty anti-Semitic to me that you choose an Italian ice over babka. <laughs> babka. <laughs> how about Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne, who also loves to tease me, would say, now, H. Allen, don't use the air on the plane. It takes away from the engine. <laughs> uh, I, love, well, I love Aunt Anne, and I love Aunt Joanne. I do not love Aunt Ramona. Um, <laughs> all right, Elliot, would you like, do you want to say goodbye this time, or should we just not say are goodbye you, to everyone? Should we just fade like- to silence, or what are you feeling, Elliot? <laughs> Let's just fade. Let's just fade. What? Oh, no. my God. <laughs> 